tunnel I dropped into would have been completely pitch dark had I not had a flashlight. The surgeon, or doctor, had run straight down the tunnel with no light whatsoever. Either he knew the tunnels extremely well, or was completely out of his mind. Probably both. The wooden ladder I lowered myself down with led to a hard-packed dirt floor with several sunken planks of wood. The wood itself was old, rotten. It caved into itself under the weight of my shoes. I had to tread carefully, preferring the hard-packed dirt to the rotten flooring of this tunnel. At first, the tunnel simply twisted and turned, making the path easy to follow if not for the lack of any real light. After a couple minutes of travel, though, I reached a fork in the path that led sharply in different directions. I stood there for a moment, listening quietly to see if there would be a sound of movement or any sign at all that could tell me which path to take. Then I saw it, some sort of faint glow creating a contrasting light to my flashlight. I clicked off my light source to better observe what was making the light. A faint red glow seemed to leak into the pathway, illuminating it no more than that of an old film development room. I drew my pistol then, not wanting to get caught by surprise without a weapon around this tight corner. I peeked out and around the bend, taking in the source of the red light. Several strings of small lanterns had been set up and lined to the pathway further down the tunnels. They were the source of the red glow, prompting an eerie ambiance to the already creepy tunnels. I was so distracted by the discovery of these strange lights that I didn't notice the line catching on my leg at first. A small wire pulled taut, catching against my pants. I noticed it a moment too late, attempting to freeze where I was without tripping the wire. It broke and came loose, though. Without any hesitation, I hit the ground, hoping to avoid whatever was coming. In that same instant, a snapping sound deeper in the tunnel. A carbon crossbow bolt whizzed past my head as I hit the ground, tearing through the air and past me at incredible pace. It hit the tunnel wall behind me, embedding into the hard earth. My heart was racing, one at how close that was, but also that I was stupid enough to forget what Chris had told me, that traps would be laden throughout this freak's lair. I got up slowly, nervous that the line would trigger additional projectiles down the tunnel, but they did not come. I backtracked to where the arrow impacted the wall. I was able to retrieve it from the dirt. A broadhead arrow was damaged beyond repair. Had this hit me, though, it would have done incredible damage. Making my way back down the tunnel again, I came across the weapon. A hunting crossbow had been affixed to a mechanical contraption. It was firmly fixed to the spot, so I wasn't particularly concerned about someone picking it up and using it. This made it no less a horrifying prospect for any would-be explorer who happened down these tunnels. From that point, the tunnel turned another corner, and this time, tempered by my near-death experience, I made my way much more slowly. I had also clipped my flashlight back on, the dim red glow of the lights not offering nearly enough light for me to see if there were any further traps. I began to wonder if this was intentional, to lead an explorer into a false sense of security with the dim lighting. As I moved forward, 
I was greeted almost immediately with a justification for my caution. A glint of metal flashed across the floor as I passed my flashlight across the passageway. I focused the beam on the floor to reveal several bear traps that had been placed in a scattered pattern across the floor. I was again reminded about how the doctor ran through here without any additional lighting at all, ignoring the darkness entirely and dashing through at full speed. Even if he knew there were traps, he had all of these memorized? It seemed unlikely. Something was amiss about all of this, above and beyond the obviously dangerous tunnel I had ventured into. I had no easy way to spring the traps, so I was left to simply avoid them. I holstered my pistol so not to have any sort of accidental discharge. I began stepping over the traps, taking careful steps so that I didn't get off balance. A fall here would be catastrophic. Reaching the end of the traps, the doctor had laid out so many that there was no way to step around them safely. They were too deep to step over, so my only option was to make a jump. From my awkward position, I had maybe one step before taking a leap. I mustered the courage and then made my move, jumping into the air and just clearing the edge of the final bear traps. As I came down, I realized my mistake immediately. Something I couldn't see in the flashlight. Rows and rows of nails, coated in a non-reflective paint, had been scattered out beyond the bear traps. I was intended to make this leap, and I jumped right into the trap. Two nails went through my lead foot, puncturing straight through to the top. I yelped in pain as I keeled over, my body scattering most of the other nails away. Several caused cuts on my hands as I slammed to the ground to steady myself. I looked down at my foot, whimpering a little as the two large nails, now coated in my blood, were sticking through the top of my shoe. I staggered to the wall, pain shooting from my foot up to my head. My hands were shaking as I went instinctively to pull the nails out. I grunted as I fought this urge, moving my hands away from the injury. If I took the nails out now, I'd be bleeding a lot more. Being nowhere close to medical aid, this could be a problem. Looking back down the tunnel where I came from, I didn't think it would be possible for me to retrace my steps. Not with my injured foot and the placement of the traps. I had to continue on. I stood then, wincing at the pain of my foot. I shuffled and limped carefully to the next turn in the tunnel. The light was growing stronger now, a much brighter tone of red that offered much better visibility. I clicked my flashlight off as I peeked around the corner. The tunnel opened up much wider now. Based on the pick tools stacked near the wall, this room had been expanded recently. Several cots had been set up lining the walls of this new area. As I made my way closer, I saw that there were people laying on each of these, IV bags slowly dripping medications into their veins. As I continued down the corridor, the situation of these people became far more grave. Several had the beginnings of surgical treatment performed on them. Unaware of their situation in a perpetual state of anesthesia, several people were obviously deceased, bodies carved up beyond recognition. I had made my way to and discovered the torture lair of the doctor. Near the center of the room, several racks had been set up with various objects set upon the shelves. 
Many of these were glass jars with, I'm not sure what. They looked like different organs, body parts, but they had been handled so poorly I couldn't recognize anything I was looking at. Why would they keep and store these? Sound coming from further down the tunnel made me stop in my tracks. A clanking of metal, as if tools on a tray could be heard in an offshoot of the main passageway. I drew my gun again, keeping it low and ready for an assault. I moved closer to the entryway, giving the immediate archway into the cavern a wide berth. I saw another cot on the inside, body laying on it like the others. There was a man in a surgical gown, working on them feverishly, blood dripping down onto the dirt floor from the metal frame of the bed. He turned to me suddenly as I came into view. The doctor, with the lines up and down his face, as if he'd been cutting himself with his own tools. He had fresh blood coming down it, only I couldn't tell if it was from his victim or from himself. I raised my pistol then, no intention of joining the rest of his victims. Drop your weapon! I shouted, noting he still had his scalpel firmly in his hand. He stood there, motionless, almost assessing me. I shouted again, still nothing. Then he charged at me, an incredible burst of speed that I was not expecting. He was attempting to cover the reaction gap and reach me before I could fire. Had I not had my weapon at the ready, he may have. I fired three shots into the doctor, hitting his arm, shoulder, and lower abdomen. He acted as if none of these injuries affected him, though, and in an instant, I was having to dodge the swipe of his scalpel. It swung only just barely missing my neck as I tried to duck and move away, foot searing with pain as I put my weight on it instinctively to evade my attacker. I raised my pistol again and fired over and over again until the doctor finally stopped moving. Three shots to the chest and he keeled over and face landed into the dirt floor of the corridor. I was breathing heavily. Smoke wisped from the end of my pistol barrel. The smell of spent cordite filled the small, confined space. The slide was back, but I had the weapon trained on the doctor still, unsure if I could believe he was truly no longer a threat. I reached for my belt, looking for the spare ammunition I usually carried with me. It was not there. I thought back in a panic. In the force of the explosion on the surface, it must have somehow come loose, lost, and I forgot to make sure I still had it while I was still concussed. I cursed myself for not checking this. Cautiously, I moved forward, checking the doctor's neck for a pulse. There was none. I released the slide lock, holstering my pistol and breathing a sigh of relief that this would finally be over. Except that this brief moment of reprieve was interrupted by the sound of approaching footsteps from the tunnel I came through. Three new figures appeared in the larger corridor that I was standing in, all wearing surgical gowns, all with scars and fresh cuts running up and down their faces. There were three more of them. Suddenly, everything made much more sense. How they seemed to be all over the city, why their crime scene styles were slightly different each time, and how I pursued one doctor down this tunnel and he seemed to evade me through these traps effortlessly. I also realized that I was now facing three more of these freaks, and I was entirely without any sort of weapon or means to defend myself. I drew my pistol again, 
praying that none of them witnessed my lack of any additional ammunition. Stay right there, I shouted, hands where I could see them. With my gun trained on them, they didn't move, but I did, taking the opportunity to back further up, put some distance between myself and these people. There was another exit to this corridor on the far end of the room that I was moving toward. I had no idea where this would take me, but I don't think I had any other choice. I rounded the corner, flicking my flashlight back on. I put on a burst of speed as the doctors went out of sight. I had no idea where I was running to. I just needed to try to put more distance between them and myself. Unfortunately, the tunnel was now becoming more confusing. It forked into several different directions. I only had a split second to make a decision as I reached each junction. The red light eventually fading behind me, leaving me bathed in darkness. The light of my flashlight, the only thing keeping me going. Every now and then, I would shine my light down a path I didn't take. I swear, I could see a figure standing there, watching me. Could it be that there were even more than the four I encountered? I had to keep going. I had to get out of these tunnels and get back up to the surface. My foot was in agonizing pain. I stopped for a moment, shining my light down on it. Blood was completely covering my shoe. Pushing through, I continued down the tunnels for what seemed like an hour, constantly hearing sounds around me like I was being pursued, but whoever was behind me never quite approached me close enough to attack. By some miracle, my flashlight shone on something besides the endless dirt walls of the tunnels, a flash of metal from a ladder leading up to a plate. Despite the pain, I started up the rungs and pushed hard on the metal plate. It gave way slightly, but stopped due to some sort of lock on the other side. As it moved, I saw a small beam of light come through the opening. Hey, down here, I shouted. I banged hard over and over, till finally I heard some metal clinking and the trap door was opened wide. An elderly man stood above me, holding open the metal door. Hey here, give me your hand, he said. I took his hand, climbing the rest of the way out of the tunnel. As I cleared the entrance to the tunnels, I turned and immediately tried to put the metal plate back over the opening. Close it, quickly, I shouted. The elderly man didn't ask questions. He helped me close the plate and slid a lock back into place. Thank you, I sighed. I'm a police officer. We need to contact dispatch immediately. Keep that door shut and locked. Don't let anyone else out of it. He nodded and went for a phone that was nearby. I had come out of the tunnels into some sort of commercial kitchen. Several employees, working with piles of dough, were standing there, staring at me. A deep fire quietly sizzling nearby. I ignored them, getting the phone and calling in for assistance. A patrol car and an EMT showed up quickly to get me, taking me to the hospital for my injuries. I relayed all of the information about my story to the officers that traveled with me to the hospital. A full-scale search effort had been launched looking for me, the officer down signal having led teams of police to Jackson's location, finding his body, the tunnel, but no sign of me. I was put on leave as a result of the explosion and the pursuit into the tunnels that I had been involved in a shooting with a suspect down below. I found out later that after an exploration by teams of officers, they indeed found the traps and the experimentation rooms with victims. 
they never found the doctors other than the one that I shot. They had all scattered, disappeared. I was adamant in my report that there were more of them out there, but that's as far as the investigation ever went. The killings subsequently ceased in the city after this encounter. The case was then closed, stating that the perpetrator was killed in an officer-involved shooting. To this day, though, I have wondered what happened to them. Are they truly gone? Or have they simply moved to another place, set up shop in another city, maybe even going dormant in a new town, waiting for another opportunity to surface a new hunting ground for them to prey upon? <laughs>